So tonight, um, we've been on this series on Wednesday nights for a while, and um, I don't know how many months it's been that we've been on this series, entitled Health and Healing. Um, This is our 12th message, and we've been going through the Gospels looking at the documented healings of the, in the ministry of Jesus. There were lots of healings, lots and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people probably that were healed in Jesus' earthly ministry in the three and a half years he was on the planet. But we're just looking at those that were documented. And there's 19, 20 of them, maybe 21 actually, as the more I've gone through it as I've been studying this, it just depends on what you call a documented healing. So somewhere in there. Um, but we've been looking at them. And I think, I think that we've covered, tonight we're going to cover two more, and I think that's going to be about 16 or 17 of those because we've done not just one each time. Sometimes we've done two, and I'm going to do two more tonight. Look at two more of those. Um, And the first one I'm going to look at is found in Luke chapter 14. And in my heading, in in my Bible, it says, the man with dropsy. And I pulled that up in the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, and I made the little voice say it, so I said it correctly. And that's what the voice said, dropsy. But what I know of dropsy is, is swollen legs and arms um, as a result of some malfunction in the body that's causing you to retain fluid is what I, the best I can understand it. And so that was this man. And um, this is the only account of it because sometimes there's as many as three accounts of different healings that manifested. And... Um, As, as, as I looked through this, <clears throat> there's really not a lot to this one. And that's why I'm doing another one tonight. There's not a lot to it, except two things I want to point out in looking at it. So it's found in Luke 14, and it, it's in six verses that talk about this man with dropsy. Now it happened as, verse 1 in Luke 14, now it happened as he went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees, <laughs> We know trouble's starting. Anytime he went into the religious people's homes or got around them, there was something. To eat bread on the Sabbath. And anytime the Sabbath is mentioned, man, we got more trouble. Amen? Something, something they challenged him on always about the Sabbath. And they watched him closely. Jesus operated in all nine gifts of the Spirit and he discerned, he developed discernment because he, he, Jesus, that we know of, his life and all that he did in the 30 years leading up to his earthly ministry, he had to develop because he, had, he, he came to the earth to become the son of man. He didn't come here to become the son of God he already was. And he had to develop all of the ability to hear God know God through the Word of God, and, and then 
operate in these things as the Lord willed them. So he had great discernment because he operated in great faith. For the nine gifts of the Spirit to operate in your life, you have to be a person that has developed faith in their life. Not just know about it, but develop. So he had great discernment. And I want you, that's one of the things I wanted you to see here. And they watched him closely. And behold, there was a certain man before him who had dropsy. I mean, the name just sounds bad, right? Sounds like a, not a good thing. And Jesus answering spoke to the lawyers and the Pharisees saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He spoke to these people. But they didn't say anything. Why did he ask them that question? Because he knew what they were thinking. It's the Sabbath. Here's a man that's not well. And this had happened time and time and time again on the Sabbath. So he decides under the direction of the Holy Spirit because he never did anything on the planet when in, his, in his earthly ministry. He never did anything except what Father told him to do. So he asks them the question, what did they say? Nothing. But they kept silent. And he took him, this man with dropsy, he took him and he healed him and then he let him go. No faith in operation from the man with dropsy that we see. So what did he operate in? He operated in the gifts of healing. They were in operation because it says he healed the man. Right? He healed him. And say anything else about it other than he challenges them, they answer him nothing, he sees the man, didn't even say he had compassion on the man, it just said that he got the man, he healed the man, and he let him go. He operated in the gifts of healing, one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. Those are as God wills them. We don't, ever, we don't see another account in the documented healings exactly like that. But this was the gifts of healing in operation. Then he answered them saying, remember they didn't say anything, and he decides to answer them anyway based on their thoughts. Is that true? Am I reading that correctly? He's answering them based on their thoughts. And this is what he says. Which of you having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him regarding these things. Why? Because all they were thinking about was natural issues. I mean, I mean, man. Here's a guy... Any, anybody ever known anybody or seen anybody with something that is, uh, that is similar to dropsy? I used to have a, a, an older man that lived across the street from me, from us, when we lived in another part of town. And it was bad with him. It was really bad. In fact, his legs, and I, I mean, it may not have been that actual disease, but his legs were, in certain parts of his legs, they were twice what they should be. Some, maybe even, even, even a little bit bigger than that. His arms were swollen like that. And he would seep blood out of the top of his skin as a result of it. And 
for whatever reasons, and, and it was something that was not good. Can you imagine? I mean, think of the pride and the attitude that they would have in seeing a person like that and not wanting them to be well. I don't give a crud what day it's on. Trying to major on something that's minor instead of rejoicing concerning the goodness of God. Yeah. Amen? And you know what? I'll just tell you right now. We have to protect our own lives and hearts from those type of attitudes. I'm not talking about attitudes necessarily that just perfectly line up with what happened right here. But anything that I'm going to major on that is a minor to get me out of the flow and the connection of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Because I'm telling you, they're not one of those Pharisees or lawyers that were in a position to operate in one of the nine gifts of the Spirit or any of the gifts of the Spirit in any way, shape, or form because there was no level of faith. They were in competition. They were in competition. They were mad because he was stealing their converts. Oh, man, the Pharisees were evangelistic people. They worked hard trying to get people to think the way they did. Come to my church. Man, they worked hard at it. All Jesus wanted was for people to be free. That's it. That's not what they wanted. So we have to guard our hearts and protect our hearts from that so that we can be used. Jesus said, the works that I did, you'll do, and even greater works because I've gone to the Father. And now, now, the spirit that was in me that caused me to do these things, you can do the same things if... You develop and grow in faith and trust in me. There's our challenge. Can you say amen? <clears throat> so the next one I want to look at is the woman with the spirit of infirmity. And it's found in the chapter before this in Luke. And it's the only account in the Gospels also of this one. And um, <clears throat> there's, some, there's some interesting things. We, we could spend probably the next three or four hours talking about these seven verses of Scripture. But I, I want to focus on two or three things that I think are really, really important about this woman and about the things that happen. <clears throat> um, so how many believe that in the last several months that we've been going through these healings. How many believe that these were actual healings? I, I believe they were actual healings, amen? That actually people, that, that what, what we read in Scripture here happened, actually happened, amen? And um, I, I, I want to I think that what we do in this life, what we do in this church, what, 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 why we're here is the same reason that Jesus was here. And he's the example to see people liberated and free in their lives. And it has to happen the same way that it happened with him. I, I, I just want to believe that what we're doing is that same thing. I believe it in my heart, but I want you to believe it. I want people to believe that these things are real and they happen if you do it the way he did it. So, 
I want to, I want to read these seven verses and, and actually, I may stop in there. Let me read through it and then, well, I'll probably stop somewhere. Anyway, but I'm going to try to get through this. But Luke 13 and 10. Now, he was teaching in one of the synagogues. Oh, my gosh. On the Sabbath. Oh, it's even worse. He was teaching in the, he was teaching at church on a Sunday. Which you can't get healed, can't get well, can't get saved. Nothing good can happen to you on the Sabbath in their minds. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity eight years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. So probably like this. Maybe worse. I don't know if she could if she could actually stand or if she was how she was bent over, but like this and could not straighten up. For how long? Eighteen years. The first thing I think about regarding that is how we tolerate so many things that have already been given to us. How we tolerate so many different things in life. Now, I'm going to tell you exactly why this woman had this condition for 18 years. It's very clear in this, in this passage of Scripture why she was that way. And I'm challenging you tonight to make sure you never let this happen in your life. I don't believe anybody is in here is in any physical condition anywhere that compares to what this woman was was like? I mean, you know, if you're in that kind of condition, people have to help you to do everything. To get around, to get dressed, to do whatever in life. Everybody's got to help you. You've got to have a number of people helping you on a day-to-day basis. But I'm telling you, in any area of your life, When I give you the solution that liberated this woman, you make sure that you keep yourself in that same place so that bad things can't stay in your life. Nothing that Jesus paid for can remain on your body, in your life, in your mind, in anything that you do or you're a part of. There's an absolute answer for why this woman Straightened up. Well, because Jesus touched her. Not just because Jesus touched her. Something happened. You've got to see through the lines here. 18 years couldn't raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called to her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you're loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. 
because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath and he said to the crowd, there are six days in which men ought to work, therefore come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath. Man, we could talk a lot about that anyway. Then the Lord answered and said, hypocrite, does not each of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? Man, he's got to use this example all the time with these guys. Saw not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound? Everybody say, Satan has bound. Think of it. For 18 years, he said, he said to them, think about this. 18 years. And you're focusing on the day it happened. 18 years. Be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. And when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. So, <clears throat> there's something that is very apparent. As I, as I was reading this and going over this, something that just really jumped out at me, and it was actually in, in the 10th verse, the first verse that started talking about this. Now, he, go back to t- verse 10, now he was doing what in the synagogue? What does it say he was doing? Okay. What are we doing tonight? This woman was 18 years in this condition. And the only difference this day is she showed up to church. And he was teaching. And what was she doing? Listening. She was teaching, he was teaching, she was listening. He was teaching in the church on a Sunday. And this woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no wise raise herself up in any way. So what we're doing tonight, no matter what condition anybody sitting in here has tonight, and, it, and I'm not just necessarily talking about just a physical condition, any condition, but we're focusing on health and healing, but any condition tonight, you're hearing the Word of God preached from faith. I'm not preaching something off the top of my head, I'm preaching to you something that I believe. Doing the same thing that Jesus was doing on this day. And the only difference on this day for this woman is she was hearing something she had never heard before. And he looks at her and says, uh, come here. Come over here. Notice how this kind of plays out. He called to her and said to her, remember, Jesus only does what Father says. And he's doing it based on what he's hearing from God through the Holy Spirit. He has to do it the same way we have to do it or he's not the perfect example. 
So he's hearing this from the father, and he's calling her to him for what reason? What, what, through all these stories that we've talked about concerning healing, what was he looking for? Faith. He was looking for somebody that had faith. How many people were sitting in that synagogue that day? And he calls her out. How many that were there were sick in their bodies? Remember, the Bible says there's not enough books to make account of all the thousands of people that were healed in his ministry. Endless numbers. Great multitudes of people were healed, all of them, in certain situations. And here we have this account of him calling this woman. He knew something. He knew that she was sitting there and she was thinking like the woman with the issue of blood. If I could just touch him. If I could just get close to him. He didn't say that, but I'm saying to you, he was looking for faith. And he found it. Come here. Wait, wait, wait. She's like this. And he's saying, come here. She didn't rise up right there. We know clearly she didn't rise up when he said, come over here. She was bent over. But he saw somebody that was receiving what was taught. Look at this verse, and we'll come right back to that. Look at this verse in Luke 5. Luke 5 and 15. However, the report went about concerning him all the more, and great multitudes. How many multitudes? Great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Great multitudes came together for him to lay his hands on them, to hear and be healed. I've had people personally come to me and say things like, you know, Pastor, I, I, don't, I don't really need you to tell me anything else. I, I, just, I, I just need you to pray for me. I just need you to lay your hands on me and pray for me. And when they say they don't need to hear what I'm saying, they've identified themselves. To not be convinced of the power of hearing the Word of God is to look for shortcuts. To underestimate the power of the spoken, preached Word is to look for shortcuts an easy street out of a situation. But the problem with that is, if I go and lay hands on somebody and they don't have the faith to receive, there's really no power in the laying on of hands. That's why Jesus touched very few people that we see. He went and grabbed this woman. We'll look at it in a second. He went and grabbed this woman But if faith, there's not an exchange of faith going on in, this, in these situations, 
people don't receive. And then people get mad and say, God doesn't heal. And why does it happen? Because they don't hear. I'll read that verse again in, in Luke 5. However, the report went about concerning him all the more because of the healings and the manifestations that had happened. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed of their infirmities. We're doing the same exact thing tonight, teaching the Word of God, and the atmosphere is stoked tonight for you to receive whatever you need when you believe what is preached, when you believe it. I'm, I mean, who wouldn't want to be healed? Who wouldn't want to be healed? When there's something not right in, in you, in your body or whatever, who wouldn't want to be healed? Everybody wants to be healed. But what I know for a fact is, and I'm not judging, I'm not thinking of anybody in here, I'm not thinking of anybody else, I'm just thinking as a whole across the board not everybody wants to hear and then do something with what they hear. Because what that does is it builds faith in me and then positions me to receive from God. It's not the praying or whatever, it's the positioning. James 5 and verse something 16, 17 in there says, the prayer offered in faith brings the healing and the salvation and the deliverance. The prayer offered in faith. In Jesus' situation with the man with dropsy, there was no faith involved with him, but I promise you there was faith in Jesus. Because he operated in the gifts of the Spirit there was no faith exchange like there was with the woman with the, issue of the, uh, with the issue of blood. He said, your faith has made you whole. He didn't say that about the man with dropsy. There was no faith. I, I don't know why he was in the Pharisee's house with the Pharisees and the lawyer, why he was in that house, that the man with the dropsy. Maybe he was, you know, family member. Maybe he was somebody else. Maybe they just brought him to see what Jesus would do on the Sabbath so they could accuse him. I don't know for whatever reason, but he was there. But he had no time. We see nothing about him hearing anything from Jesus. There was no hearing and there would have been no healing had Jesus not heard from the Father to operate in the gifts of healing. That's how it operates. When something doesn't happen the way we expect it to happen, there's two or three things involved, and that's actually it. It's that a person's never been either in a position or wanted to be in a position to hear and do something with it. Some people hear, but they do nothing. In those situations where we don't see something happen, where we prayed and we were believing God, but there was no 
movement of God in a given situation because the nine gifts of the Spirit operate as the Lord wills. The working of miracles, the gifts of healing, they operate as He says. Why didn't He say in one situation when someone didn't get there? I don't know. You have to take it up with Him. I don't know why that happens. But I know this. Develop faith positions you to receive what Jesus has already done for you. I know that. I know it. I know it. I know it that I know it that I know it. And, and it's not just some things. It's anything across the board. I'm going to say it again. Developed faith inside of an individual positions them to receive whatever they need from God because he's already done it all. It didn't go back to the cross when you need to be healed or you need a financial provision or some kind of situation or you need understanding and wisdom and destiny, seeing, seeing it come to pass in your life. No, he didn't go back to the cross. He's already done it. Every time we underestimate the effectiveness and the power of the preached word, and it's not just any word preached, it's word that will develop faith and cause you to want to reach out and do things and live a life and live from one faith experience to the next. Self-pity says I live from one failure to the next. God wants us rising up and living from one faith experience to the next. When that faith experience starts, 10 times out of 10, it's going to be hard or it wouldn't be faith. Man, we put one foot in front of the other. We learn to hear his voice. We keep positioning ourselves to hear the word of God preached. I hear the word. In the seed of the word that I'm hearing is the ability for me to rise up and do what God wants me to do. Oh my gosh. It's supernatural. It's simple, but it's not easy. Because it takes determination and it, and it takes doing it even at times when it seems like nothing's happening. It takes determination. No, no. God said it would happen and it will work. And I don't care what it looks like. I'm staying with God in his word. I'll not back off. The other thing I want to see I want that, that there's many things we could see in this. The other thing that I want to just look at just for a moment is that this woman, she was in this condition, it says, 18 years by what kind of spirit? Um, what is that? I'm, I'm in verse 2 or 3. Do you have that? Verse 2 of, the, of um, Luke 13. <clears throat> Maybe verse 3. weird 
That's not the passage. But it says Luke 13. Oh, well, I'm just going to read it to you. So, she was in this condition 18 years with what? Not a spirit of God, but a spirit of infirmity. 18 years bound by the devil. I want you to look at Acts 10 and verse 38. Acts 10 and 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. God was inside of him, and because of that, he healed all of those who were oppressed of the devil. You know what that says to me? That all sickness of any kind, all disease of any kind, has to do directly or indirectly with demonic oppression. There is no sickness in God. Nobody's sick in heaven. Did you hear me? Remember what I've said, and I've said this many times. Many people think that God is in control on this planet. Who would serve a God that's doing this? You think about it, he's in control where? In heaven. What does it look like in heaven? No sickness, no poverty, no pride, no fear, no nothing. He's in control. Here, he's not in control. Yet, he set it up, if we'll do what he says, for everything to work like clockwork the way it did when Jesus was here. They tried time and time again to take him out. They couldn't take him out, not before his time. He was here for three and a half years. He he lived 33 and a half years with one purpose, and that was to liberate all of mankind. That's why he was here. And he fulfilled that purpose and plan so now that you and I can carry it out. He went about healing all of those who were oppressed of the devil. When I I was growing up in church life, when we lived down in the Rio Grande Valley, there was a lot of stuff that went on with demon possession and people full of the devil, and we prayed for all kinds of people concerning that. And You know, it was early years, and I kind of just went along with what I saw because I really hadn't been taught, you know. So I read books about it, and I was around people that seemed to be authorities on it. And uh, what happened a lot of, time, a lot of times was, was that, that we'd spend hours hours casting devils out of people. People would, had, had all kinds of issues in their life and people, it was like there was a devil under every rock with every person. If you had a problem in your life, then you had a devil, you know? And so we prayed for everybody, but the problem was I saw very little success. And you know why? Because if you look at the ministry of Jesus, I see about two or three things that Jesus said to every devil. Number one, it wasn't reading him half the Bible, right? It was, shut up. Come out. 
be loosed. I don't find anything else. I mean, there are different translations use different words, but that's pretty much what he said. And I don't know about you, but every single time in Scripture that he said, shut up, come out, be loosed, done. Huh? Nothing else said? No all-night prayer meeting or nothing? You know why? Because he did all his praying before to get from Father what to do, and then he just did what Father said. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to do anything else other than what he does and what he did. And with this woman who had 18 years bent over this spirit of infirmity, this spirit of the devil, I'm not saying she was demon-possessed. I'm just saying that the, de the demonic spirits had affected her physical body in, one, in some way or another to where she's bent over like this all these years. What she didn't have... And the reason that you could say she tolerated this, she had no revelation. She had no preached word. Until this one Sunday, she came to church. Probably didn't want to come. Hmm? Maybe couldn't get a piece of her clothing on because it was so hard. Maybe it was hard to have done her hair that night. Maybe she was struggling with whatever reason, didn't want to come. But I'll tell you this, I'm sure after that service was over, she was really glad she showed up. Because she heard something she had never heard before, and he saw faith, and so the faith in him was drawn to the faith in her. Now watch this, this is, so this is what he says to her, and I'm going to end this with this, just this point. I could talk about a bunch more, but, but that's all, this is all I want to say tonight. What did he say? Woman! So, she, here she comes. And what does he say? Woman, thou art loosed of your infirmity. In other words, be gone, spirit of infirmity. Right? Now, everybody look at the scripture there, if you're reading it or looking at it up there. Does it say that she had already straightened up? No, she wasn't straightened up yet. He called her loose. He said, you are loosened now. And it says, and he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Immediately she rose up from that condition. Put your hands on me when I, when I said. So here was, woman, thou art loose, like you're saying it. Put your hands on me. Put, he put his hands on her, and it doesn't say he straightened her up. No, by faith she believed what he said, and she straightened up. Faith in operation here. His faith her faith, it happened. That's the way it works. In these type of situations, 16 of the 19 documented healings, it was the faith of the people involved. The man with the dropsies, one of the three, that, that it had nothing to do with him. Nothing. But this woman right here, 
she had faith. She rose up. She was straight and glorified God, and it made them all mad, but it didn't matter. Because Jesus took care of the situation because faith, you know what it said it did, what happened to all of the adversaries, all these Pharisees? They were put to shame and all the multitude rejoiced. Because, listen, religious, goofy-minded people like that are going to be mad. But the saved and unsaved and everybody else is going to be happy. Hmm? And Jesus knew that. And she rejoiced and gave God glory. 18 years, she walked out of church that day. She walked out of church that day. You know why? Because she came and she heard something that she had never heard before. She heard the word preached by faith. And the, the, the last thing I'm saying about that is this. What's vital is that what's coming from any pulpit where you hear the word preached is the word preached from faith. Jesus was preaching from faith. Confidence. Knowing God wanted that. I know God wanted you to hear this word tonight. I brought this word believing that this story is true And not just a story back then when we just, oh man, if we could have lived in that day. No, today we're declaring we're bringing stories like that to this day and hour. Amen. We're making the difference. Same spirit that raised him from the dead, same spirit that lives in you and I. We're here to make a difference. And nothing will stop us.